Hello, welcome. Today on Film Logic, we are we we are no we saw the movie everyone's been talking about for the past week and a half. We saw the movie that our retro logic overlords are demanding we analyze and review, possibly at gunpoint. Looking at you, Dan. Join us as we look at the tale of two second-generation Italian-American brothers as they struggle to find the American dream in a world where familial pressures create tension in this coming-of-age biopic. Starring Chris Pratt as Captain Lou Albano, Charlie Day as Taller Mario, Jack Black as Cocaine Bear, and Seth Rogen as himself. We haven't seen a video game movie this important to the industry since Disney ruined Prince of Persia. Ladies and gentlemen, I am with my co-host and special guests. We got a plethora today. I'm with Easter Eggs Esten. Hey, how y'all doing? And we're doing good. Thank you. Um, we have <laughs> I Hate Mushrooms Adam. Uh, I love mushrooms. <laughs> peaches, 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 Tim. Yes, I'm so happy you gave me that title. <laughs> and looks good in a cat suit. Rawr, Jesse. Yeah, okay, I wait. just picked it up from the dry cleaners earlier. I'm je- I'm jealous now. Yes. <laughs> so if- you should be. <laughs> so originally I came up to the guys and I said, guys, I just wrote an eight-page paper on the importance of Megan mm. <laughs> on Peacock. Or we can talk about this Mario movie everyone's getting excited about. And Well, here's our talk about Megan. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> the boats were in. Yes. So, yep, we saw the Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers movie. And we're just going to jump into it. No shenanigans. Um, we're going to be frank. Um, this is going to be all spoilers. So many spoilers. Beat for beat, almost. So, if you are the three people who haven't seen this movie yet, please go home. Turn us off. I can't wait to talk about this with you guys, but I don't think Frank showed up. I know. Yeah, who's Frank? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why we have to be Frank, because he didn't show up. You're right, you're right. We're carrying the burden here, you know? Thanks, Frank. (laughs) Calls himself the Punisher now. Um, oh, that's the wrong episode. All right. So, first question off the bat. Mm. Um, you know, you know, I'm going to do a softball question. Uh, tell tell us when you first saw this movie and your reaction to it. Tim, we'll start with you. So I saw it uh, Wednesday when it opened. Um, in during the day. I took the day off of work so I could go see it because I had to prepare for when I talked about it with some other people. And uh, and plus, I didn't want to get any anything spoiled. So I just was like, I wanted to knock it out. Um, <laughs> but my first reaction was, well, one, I went and I took a lot of notes because I actually was one of three people in this in the theater because apparently everybody else was waiting to watch it later. But uh <laughs> But thankful that I was thankful for that because I didn't disturb anybody with having my phone open and taking notes. <laughs> nice. Because uh, I was I wanted to catch all the things I could possibly catch while watching it. But there were certainly my first reaction was this is this is awesome. This is uh, the my ten uh, year old me just is like in heaven. 
Probably the same feeling when I felt when I saw Transformers the movie in theaters when I was a kid. So, mm. the cartoon movie. Oh, right. <laughs> Not the Shia LaBeouf. Not that one. No, the cartoon <laughs> movie. That's why I said Transformers the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the same thing. It was like, I can't believe I'm watching Super Mario, you know, a Mario movie on screen. That's what we all wanted pretty much or hopefully you know what the majority would wanted none of you wanted bob hoskins hard pass hard pass <laughs> all right uh, aston tell us well i got put on notice uh by the wife uh and further got put on notice the second time by my own son that uh I better not be caught getting off work early and going to see this movie during the week because um, it was conceivable that I could pull that off. And so I had to wait until the weekend and then go see it on Saturday. And reading through the discords, I felt like I was the last man walking the face of the earth that ever got to see this movie. But <laughs> You probably were. <laughs> but uh, when I finally, yeah, I got in there to go see it. I was, uh, I was stoked to know him. I was like, yeah, I was like, uh, by this time, I'd already seen some of the blurbs come through our reviews, people that I actually trust in the Discord with some of their comments and stuff. So, kind of know a little bit of like, okay, I know I'm going to be in for a sweet ride. And um, so I was just like, uh, ready, ready to just take for this thing to just take flight. And I was ready to just sit back and enjoy it. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, piss on anything. Tells me, you know, hey, it's not Citizen Kane. I don't care. I'm ready to watch a Mario movie and I'm ready to have some fun and eat my popcorn. Yes. All right. Perfect. Adam. Very solid. I saw it on Good Friday, which I don't know. I, you know, <laughs> uh, that way I didn't have to take off work, um, which I think consequently led me to have a pretty great theater experience because there was a bunch of families in there. Awesome. And, you know, the kids, like, ooh and odd at the right time. And um, I think it really uh, factored into my enjoyment of of the movie. But I, I think it was just like everyone said. Like, it was um, it was colorful. It was beautiful. The, the, the soundtrack was, you know, was really great. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, they really hit the 80s really hard. They went for the nostalgia. <laughs> and Nice. Um, yeah, you know, it, it it was it was it was good. I mean, it was a, the most you know, not to to beat a, a dead horse, but it was a very Nintendo Nintendo movie. Like mm-hmm. it was you know, Nintendo was never going to take risks. Nintendo was never going to, <laughs> you know, they weren't going to go risky. They weren't going to go, you know, they weren't going to, you know, go for something too artsy. You know, they're gonna, you know, play it as safe as possible, keep it family friendly as possible, and um, you know, they they nailed I think they, they had a great cast and um they kept it to a tight ninety, which I think was very important. And uh yeah, it was I enjoyed myself thoroughly and um yeah, it was it was a real solid popcorn flick. Great. And Jesse, tell us tell us your story. Yeah, um, like Tim, uh, I went and saw it on opening day that Wednesday. Um, actually bought our tickets like two weeks prior as soon as they were available to to buy. That's how excited I was for it. <laughs> um, so we went during the day, uh, my wife, my son, and I. And I am such a, uh, just like a little kid when it comes to anything Nintendo coming out. 
and I do like watching it early again to avoid any of the spoilers and everything else from all the kind of discords I lurk on and read. Um, and plus, I just I get that genuine excitement about any kind of Nintendo comment that comes out, and I'll be completely honest that I don't usually get critical of it until I start watching reviews and reading some of the stuff that people are like, oh yeah, they're picking this out. Like, I didn't like this, I didn't like that, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize that in the movie. I was just so excited. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, just watching it and all the, again, um, kind of like Adam was talking about, the the music, the just the animation itself, um, I think they nailed it. And then um, all the Easter eggs, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But every time a little Easter egg would pop up, I would look over at my wife and son and just like have this little <laughs> grin on my face and they just had no clue what just happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, overall, I, I I really enjoyed it. It was, it was really good. Mm-hmm. All right. So you can see mixed reviews there. <laughs> yeah I, I was actually the last person in north america to see it um <laughs> it was a saturday um i took my nephew ren who's nine part of the tiktok generation um, but he plays a lot of mario party aggressively um and i took my brother-in-law you know and we just we had a guy's uh matinee and you know i I got a little, like, I'm going to say that I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect. Like, I didn't know if this was going to be a Teen Titans go to the movies type experience where everything is super snarky because it's the same writer. Or same it was directors. This, yeah. yeah. Or was this going to be like a, an Illumination, you know, uh, Minions movie where the farts are the jokes? <laughs> And it was somewhere, somewhere in the middle. And yeah, I'll get more into that later. Um, but let's get to there for our first question. Um, where did Mario succeed where so many other game movies have failed? Well, I mean, I'd love to take a swing at it, but I, I definitely think it's... Um, I think it's multifaceted. I mean, as sure as, as any other, you know, as any other answer could be. But um, I, I got a couple of quotes from uh, Variety.com that did a, a review. Uh, it says that not every film needs to be theatrical, but some belong in theaters. And uh, another quote from uh, Reggie Phil uh, Ames. He's the Nintendo president of America. And he says, the games are fun. If it's not fun, why bother? And um, I, I think that kind of really sums it up, right? Like, I think it's it's successful because people love the source material. Um, and I think that there's, you know, more people have played and know what Mario is than people who know what The Last of Us is. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I definitely think The Last of Us and the Sonic movie and um, some other stuff are definitely responsible in part for it. I mean, I think The Last of Us is... Uh, definitely a watershed moment for video game movies and TV adaptations, you know, a rising tide floats all ships. I think there's, um, I, I think audiences are just, you know, they're, they're, they're ready for it now, as opposed to maybe 10 years ago. And I think the pandemic had a lot to do with it and the rise of, you know, streaming services like Twitch. I think more people are 
exposed to video games now and it's become more mainstream and it's become more of an accepted art so i think people are are just ready for it yeah that's how i was gonna say Phil, but i was like used to be like if you were like a gamer you know you would be kind of like oh well they're a nerd and stuff like yeah. that and you know you would just kind of like you were i mean they're labeled and put in that box but now so many so gaming is such a mainstream and accepted thing and um there's even like competitions now, big worldwide competitions on it, and so it's so much more now, just like kind of just accepted, and 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 I'm not gonna say tolerated because it was never not not tolerated. It's just more accepted and just more like part of the culture now. That um, you know, for the movie to come along like this, you know, people just don't question it. They're just like, oh, okay, yeah, no, it just makes perfect sense. You know, why not? Hey, you know, there's so many gamers out there, adults and kids. And so it's a game, it's, excuse me, it's a movie that not only like uh, kids can enjoy, but also adults can too, because adults are playing uh, video games just as much as kids are. And, um, you know, that Nintendo generation has grown up now. We are the adults. And, um, you know, we pass that on to like our children now. And, um, you know, you can call it indoctrination if you want to, but, you know, just kind of like it's made it more like, okay, you know, dad and mom are doing it. So, you know, it's cool. It's hip. It's fine. And um, so it's just perfect timing for uh these movies to start really coming out and nintendo is so identifiable and um so you know when you go into that movie you kind of got an idea of these characters what i'm going to get and stuff and so people just already had that that deep passionate love for these characters and so um you know they knew and trusted that it was going to be delivered i think what also helps too is the time um when we got the first mario movie right uh it was Back when probably video games weren't around long enough for whoever those writers were to to understand it and get into it and be able to have that history with it like we do today with the writers and directors and everybody who's basically lived the life of video games in one way or another. Um, so it helps to have fans of it be involved in that rather than say somebody just trying to make a buck exactly connection makes yeah authenticity obviously they want to make money but you know it's like (laughs) it helps (laughs) when you okay we want to make money if we want to be smart about it then we're going to have people who love this product who love this character or this universe and show it by their writing and directing and care for it so Mm mm-hmm that and I mean Nintendo's riding a tidal wave right now. Uh, mm. You know, just about everybody has, or at least somebody in the household has a Nintendo Switch system. And kind of like what's been spoken about earlier, you know, our generation um, show passing it around to our kids and stuff. But along with everybody knowing who Mario is, there hasn't been other than the games much Mario content. I know with um, like Sonic, you had the cartoons and more so uh, of the animated stuff. So the live action, if you will, kind of CGI Sonic movie um, was kind of new to that realm, but you still had the cartoons and other content other than the game. And then just on top of Mario being, I would argue kind of not really have to argue it, but a bigger IP um, and everybody kind of knowing who it is. This is the first since, you know, back in the, what was it? 80. Mm-hmm. 80 something um, where the original movie came out. This is really the first stab that, you know, they've had at a Mario show other than I think there was the, was it over in the Japan or something? They had the cartoon back in the nineties. Oh, 
No, that sounds friend, about right. That was on CBS. Every Saturday morning, you could watch the Super Mario Brothers show. Okay, yeah, but it's uh, I mean, you're looking at twenty plus years since any kind of you know mm-hmm. anything other than the games Mario has been has been done. So, yeah, as someone who grew up with the cartoon, I, I have to say that the the movie nailed. I think it was so faithful to the cartoons, um, because uh, you know it. There's there's nothing really. Like the, I, I could tell that the writers, maybe maybe they went up to Nintendo and was like, you know, I have this complex angle, you know, we can learn about Mario's backstory when he was twelve, you know, he was beaten up by a mushroom, you know, it's haunted him ever since. <laughs> and I think, I think <laughs> Nintendo, on the yeah, I think Nintendo is like, nope, nope. Here, here's a DVD of Super Mario Brothers from CBS. You watch it and you follow it beat to beat. So help me. You watch this. You watch it now. Yeah, Wait. yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess send the legal team after you. <laughs> the ninjas are coming. I mean, you guys know the nightmare that was the 1993 Mario Brothers movie, where oh, yeah. I think Nintendo learned like in this in the span of three years. Uh, the Legend of Zelda got sold to the like the IP went to the CDI, the Philips CDI, and yeah. it became the worst Zelda game in the history. Like Nintendo will not even acknowledge it. And then Mario got a cyberpunk Blade Runner adventure. Start yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And John Leguizamo, <laughs> and the director even admits that he wanted it darker than what came out. <laughs> Yeah, so, that's what I'm talking about. You could pinpoint the time <laughs> Nintendo lost all trust sharing their toys with anybody. You could see <laughs> it in the air. It was yeah. tangible. Yeah, and I think as a you know as a a movie, I think movie producers have finally gotten to the point where they they understand how to adapt other source material better than they have in the past. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff, even though like Prince of Persia or Assassin's Creed, they're like, oh, this is just a cool universe and we can just, you know, make a cool action flick set in this universe. Um, but they just fundamentally didn't show an understanding of their source material. And, you know, I, I think The Last of Us has shown us that when your writing team and your directing team is working hand in hand with the studio that created, you know, the video game, um, you're oh. you're going to create magic. And then conversely, also with The Witcher, right? You're seeing the the fallout of what happens when the writers don't, <laughs> you know, don't respect the source material. Um, so yeah, I, I think the I think video games have, are starting to to shed the uh, the little brother image that they have to other media like TV and in movies, and are kind of finally getting mm-hmm. the respect that they deserve. But I also think that. Um, the the difficulty that mo- the the video games are always going to have in terms of you know TV and movies is that video games are always designed to be played through the perspective of the person playing the video game, right? So like Mario is a blank slate essentially for you as as the player, right? So mm-hmm. it's like how do you how do you create a movie character that's supposed to be representative of everybody that's ever played the game, right? Like you don't play the game, you're like oh yeah, like. Mario is making these choices or deciding when to jump. It's like me, I'm playing Mario and I decide. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that plays into it a lot too. I think when people um, are are going to these movies that aren't like story driven, like the, I think The Witcher and The Last of Us get away with it because it's a story and you're playing the story that the the, the writers are of the video game are putting out. But as opposed to like you know games like Super Mario Brothers, is like well, there's not really a, a story you're following. You're just Mario is just a canvas. He's just he's just the you know the the TV screen by which we're experiencing the Mario the Mario universe. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little bit harder to to adapt, and I, I think that definitely plays into a lot of why um, you might or the you know the audiences might be like, well, this guy isn't really that deep, <laughs> you know, he doesn't right. have a a super crazy backstory because, you know, he he doesn't need one. <laughs> right. Well, I, th- I think we're in that era too, where, uh, you know, they're remaking all the old, all the comic books we grew up with, all the the superheroes and everything else, and they're giving everybody a backstory. And I think that's just become so much the norm now for these characters to have a backstory that that's what we're looking for. But like you said, it's just it's an open canvas. He really doesn't need a backstory because it's, yeah. he's played through the view of everybody else. But I think they kind of nailed it um, because for instance, putting the, uh, the penguins in at the beginning, I don't care who Beautiful. you are. You put, you played the snow level. You were throwing that baby penguin off the side of the cliff. Everybody did it. <laughs> so that was a way it got to connect um, kind of to everybody. So that's where I feel like they did a good job with it. That was kind of a deep cut. Um, you know, connecting the 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 baby destruction of the penguin and making it your <laughs> opening scene. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit impressed that they would they go that deep. Anyway, yeah, for sure. Um, this movie, we can all agree, this movie was a hundred percent made for children. Uh, but most of the sales came from people aged 18 to 35. We think it's 60%. 18 to 35 has seen this. Made for families. Yeah. <laughs> Made for families. Made for now, families, yeah. Is the 18 to 35, is that just the nostalgia and fanboy value? Or did anyone come into this saying, you know, this story is really going to knock me off my socks. It's going to you know, it's going to hit me in a special place. I mean, I'm a fanboy. I mean, I, I grew up on the NES. I mean, I'm in my forties. Um, so I'm out of that age bracket, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would like, if, if I had the time, I would actually go back and see the, the movie a second time in the theater and enjoy it. And so, I mean, it's, uh, and I don't think it was hundred percent made for children. I mean, I think it definitely was made more for like four families but you know, I mean, I would, I would go there without my family, and I would still like enjoy it. Um, fun with my family, but you mm-hmm. know, I mean, I've already had that experience, and so you know, if I want to go back a second time, I would. If they wanted to go with me. Heck yeah, I'd love for them to go with me, so I can experience it again with my family. But um, what I'm getting at is just that um, you know, for me, it's uh, you know, I I didn't go see the movie because I want to go you know walk down nostalgia lane, but when you're going there, there's so much identifiable information in there that um. That you know, I mean, I was just like, you know, I, I didn't see it as like I can, I can, I can view it as not a family, f- you know, film, but also a film that if you're going there and you're just a single person, or you know, your person doesn't have, you know, any kids or anything like that, and you're just uh, on a date night, you know, with your with your significant other, that mm-hmm. I mean, you can still enjoy this movie because you can identify with stuff in there just growing up and uh, growing up 
enjoying Nintendo and consuming the Nintendo uh, franchises. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you could laugh at the jokes. There's plenty of humor in there that's not directed. You know, that, that you don't have to be a child to appreciate the humor that's in there. I mean, some of the stuff that Jack Black does. I mean, he just nails it. I mean, guy nails it so much with the humor in the movie that um, that you know, at times you almost want to root for Bowser in a way. But that's uh, you know, in a sense, kudos to the actors for playing oh. their uh, playing the characters. Yeah. Giving them what we all were talking about, you know, like you have that blank canvas, and you know, you go from like a, a a passive medium and or or an active medium to like now passive medium where you're just watching something rather than involved in it, and um, so you know you have to kind of like you know say okay, you know, I've never really seen Bowser in this light, and um, you know, this much conversing with Kamik and stuff, and so it is uh. You know, now you, know, you hear more emotional undertones of how much Bowser really, you know, has this affection for Peach. And you can kind of, you can feel it, per se, as far as like, oh, okay, he really has got some soft spots for Peach. And he really wants to be, you know, married to Peach. Um, whereas playing the video game, you get that, but it's more just kind of like on a, uh, more of like reading a paragraph type, you know, consumerism as far as like, okay, yeah, he's he's after Peach and he wants to marry Peach. But watching the movie, it is... um it's it's another level and and i appreciated that because mm-hmm. it was uh you know it was much like was referenced earlier about like you know adam talking i mean you know the last of us and uh has definitely done service for for games also to bring in like you know because i played you know playing those games um and then watching the show i'll admit like watching the episodes even though i knew what was going to happen in those episodes just watching it you know it, it struck emotional moments in me uh, more so than what I had in you know just playing the video game, just you know, okay, I'm just playing through this role because this is like, this is these are the choices I've had pre-programmed for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we I'm hearing a lot is it's made for families. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm guessing from the the sales that you guys are a hundred percent spot on. The last movie uh, to get that high. In in sales was the Sonic the Hedgehog the two movie which made four hundred million worldwide, but I think well I know Mario was going to pass it and probably blow it out of the water. Already did. It's already six hundred. Oh, yeah, six hundred million. Yep. So it's almost up to what Marvel would make on a spark on a Spider Man movie. So <laughs> um, you yeah, know, I think it seven hundred million. Then you're you're up to spider-man level yeah i think that it uh it set the record for the first definitely the first two weekends for any animated film i believe oh yeah yeah for sure i mean and it's already overtaken the final domestic totals for wreck it ralph ralph freaks the internet detective pikachu and um at least at the time of this article that i'm reading from uh boxofficepro.com uh it's 20 percent behind the lego movie at 257 mil so um yeah i mean i it's hard to argue with the numbers has right. it released in japan yet oh yeah yeah it's kind of right <laughs> it's been released in japan since two, 2012 <laughs> it's just a secret. yeah um, so you know the whole first of all i haven't spoiled any part of the movie yet so let's talk about bowser's plan Maybe I'm overthinking this, but, you know, this is the safest movie about a lizard falling in love with a human. 
um, <laughs> that we've ever seen. So kudos to them. Um, but did Bowser really think that taking over and destroying other people's lands would really get the princess's heart involved in a romantic relationship? I, I just think, you know, I, I think he didn't think that through. And that really kind of upset me. Okay, before anybody answers that, I just want to mm. go back and get back to Mike's thing about, or whoever asked about, did it release in Japan? Not yeah. yet. April 28th, 2023. Oh, Interesting. I thought I had released yet. Yeah, I, I thought I read yet. Yet released, which I found odd because I'm like, Nintendo's headquarters and hasn't even released it. <laughs> That's like a Chuck Norris movie releasing in Africa first before coming to the United States. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Those guys deserve it. Yeah. Okay, so I I'm I got a little distracted obviously by <laughs> making sure we had the date there, but going back to what you were saying, you were a little something bothered you about yeah, this story? I mean, yeah, I mean, I get caught up in these things and you know Bowser you know, they have that the moment in every movie where they do the exposition, where the, the bad guy shares what he's going to do. And he's, you know, he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to take over these worlds, you know, conform it to my evil world of lava and darkness. And then I'm going to ask the princess to marry me. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. She's not going <laughs> to like that idea, dude, because you're a dictator. <laughs> you know, wouldn't you wouldn't it be better to sweet talk her? No, I think he did. He did. Yeah, I was say, I think that was his original plan. I think the only world he took over was he was trying to get the, uh, the star. Yeah, the, the star. superstar. Yeah, yeah the and then star. once he got that, that was that was his backup plan. Was he was going to go try to marry Peach then to take over the Mushroom Kingdom, profess his love, and if that didn't work, then he was going to use the superstar and then destroy everything. Mm-hmm. So he basically had an atom bomb um, as Plan B. Yep. Oh, it'd be Plan C. Because then he released Bullet Bill, the the huge Bullet Bill first, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the atom bomb would be Plan C. Yeah, Plan A is Charm. Plan B is the Bullet Bill, and Plan C <laughs> would be the uh, would be the, uh, the brute force. Bomb. Yeah. And, and uh, don't get me started on how much Mario is a war criminal for sending Bullet Bill onto New York City. Hasn't New York City been abused? <laughs> oh, it was just Boston. It's just Boston. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah, there. <laughs> it was. It was just Boston. It wasn't New York. It wasn't New York. Okay, is Boston Brooklyn? No, that was. To to be fair, again, d- s- movies are about suspending disbelief, yeah. right? So, mm-hmm. um, and but that part was like, okay, that didn't make sense in the story to me too. But I had to let it go for sure because mm-hmm. I was like, why would you send? First off, why would you send it through the pipe? I could, you know, that maybe if it was just stuck in the pipe, great. But then when it blew up and then ended up sucking everything in and bringing everything to Boston, he's the reason why all that happened in Boston. And then he had to clean up his mess. And then everybody's like, yay, Mario saved us. Well, he started it. <laughs> yeah, you make a good point. Yeah. It's like, okay. But still, it was like, okay, it's it's just a movie. I have to let it go. It's like, okay. It's not like going to this, you know, the Marvel movies where, you, you know, like Avengers destroy New York, trying to save it. Um, but they, they touch on that in later parts of the movie. There's that, you know, flaky behind all that stuff, but this is a kid's movie. So that's why I'm just like, okay, I gotta let this go. It's not going to be detailed into like, 
Although, although if you want to compare it to, say, Incredibles, where they do touch on that stuff a little bit. <laughs> I was going to say Incredibles while you're talking about that. Right, right. But still, still going. It's like, okay, that's not what this movie's about. It's just, yeah. you know. Well, you know, Super Mario Brothers 2 is going to be a civil war where there's a, <laughs> a Wakanda Accords. Yes. Um, in, you Luigi know, versus Mario fighting yeah. over the rules. Yeah. Um, and then who would be a Captain Marvel? I guess that'd, that'd be Samus, right? Yeah, right. She would oh my gosh, kid. I'd watch that. Yeah. I, I, I want to watch the Super Smash Brothers movies. Is this part of like the Super Smash Brothers universe? Yeah. Lots of speculation gonna, on that it's one. Make, it's going to make two billion. I thought yeah. I was going to. I thought I was going to see a, a post credit from Sonic to link everything together. <laughs> oh, that'd be oh, yeah, that'd be mind blowing if they actually did that. <laughs> so, one of the complaints by children and adults alike is Luigi's purpose in this movie seemed very lame. He spent thirty percent of the movie in jail, next to a, a shiny star that was very. <laughs> yeah. I love that character. Nihilistic. Yeah. So I, I'm surprised Nintendo let that nihilistic star pass because that was some dark stuff. That guy that was that did surprise me. I was like, yeah. I mean, that feels very Japanese to me. I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'm watching the wrong anime. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's the the Teen Titans go to the movies humor, like sneaking in. Like that's there was their one shot at being funny, and it worked. You know, death, ah, mercy, you know. <laughs> um, so what uh, did you think that's, was this a movie about brothers or was this a movie about Mario? Because everyone's saying it's a Mario movie. Luigi just kind of had a very lame purpose. Uh, you uh, you, you got to tie it back to, you got to look at the reason, what other character would have made him fight for Mushroom Kingdom and all that. Definitely not Wario. Because I mean, it's like if he gets sucked into there, if they were both there, um, they probably could have done a different story. But it's, and again, I'm not going to think too deeply into it. But it was like basically, if he goes there, and there's no ties other than, oh, this is weird. And Peach says, "You need to save us." What's the tie? Why? I mean, yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, maybe you probably help, but there's there's got to be a, a punch behind it. It's got to be meaning behind it. And the meaning behind this particular scenario was Luigi is somewhere where he needs to help him. They established that at the beginning that they were, they did things together. They, you know, they're tight yeah. brothers. So, and, and they always said, you know, that whatever they can accomplish, they did it together. So when they got split apart, it was all about, I need to save my brother. And then Bowser's on the way. Uh, and all that kind of stuff. I don't care as long as I'm helping save my brother. And then because he got captured by Bowser, too bad for Bowser. He got in the way of his brother, <laughs> saving his brother. Yeah. Now, Luigi does go into a haunted mansion for a hot second. And then we find out that mansion is not haunted. And it's just a reference to Mario Brothers 2. Were any of you disappointed that there was not a, a, haunted, a haunted mansion reference in there? Actually, I, go ahead. Nope, I was just going to say, I that was probably the one little disappointment I had, was I was expecting King Boo, or at least one of the Boos to pop out. Right? 
I know we got to see King Boo at the uh, the actual wedding ceremony itself, but other than that, I yeah, I was kind of disappointed at that. The uh, that dog, how he showed back up at the end, and him and Luigi had a a moment there, and like a true moment. I always wanted like maybe I'm stretching here, but I'll field it from y'all guys. Do you do y'all think that was like a Luigi's haunted mansion kind of moment? Like, oh, okay, this might be the the dog that you know is like later on in the spirit form, like kind of come and helps Luigi. Oh, that's, that's a good point. Deep theory. You know, I was gonna say that dog is probably like that. Just that like nod of respect he gives to Mario and Luigi at the end of the movie. I think that was my the funniest joke I liked. <laughs> hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. That was great. Um yeah, I mean I, I think that, that Luigi is um he's the heart of the movie, right? Like he's he's the reason that Mario cares ultimately. Um and he's the reason that the audience cares. Um and I, I mean I love the the quote that they keep going back to but uh like Mario says See, I told you as long as we're together, everything is gonna be okay. And um yeah, no, I know, I, I just love the I love the wholesomeness of it all. I mean it you know, nothing you know, you you see how much they um they love and they support each other, you know, back in the quote unquote real world and then um you just see the lengths that Mario will go to to rescue his brother and I don't know. It it, it definitely felt like um yeah, he was like the heart and soul of this movie, and mm-hmm. um, I, I think that they did a good job. However, I do think that Charlie Day was not given enough time to shine. I definitely think he was probably my favorite out of all of the the, the voice cast, um, and I, I just wish, I just wish that they gave him a little bit more time to to, to shine, but he. Um, yeah, it, he was. I think Luigi was great. I think his time is coming. They, you know, there's only so much you can cram into 90 minutes. So, and to make the story flow, I think his time is coming. Um, to be, you know, to be mo- mainly focused on Luigi, maybe in the second movie, or maybe even the third. Who knows? But right, I think his right. time is coming. I hope so, because I mean that sequence of him getting tortured with Bowser was. I mean, it was probably the the my favorite sequence I think in the movie, um, just because it it really just felt like they just let Jack Black and Charlie Day go for it, and um, I I think it paid off. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, I've never I've never considered ripping off Mario's or Luigi's like mustache as a as a torture. Uh, by the way, how old is Mario and Luigi? They have a f- they have a family, like they have mm-hmm. a big family, which surprised me, like mothers, uncles, fathers. Um, and then when Mario gets like upset, he goes to his room, which looks like a nine year old's room. <laughs> Plays Kid Acres. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. I was like, heck yeah. Woot. <laughs> it also suggests that Nintendo in an alternate universe created a system without Mario in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. kind of because isn't they're playing Jumpman or whatever at the beginning, right at that arcade? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah, the uh, the, the voice yeah. of Mario, whatever. Yeah. Oh, I love that part. Like it was right after the commercial, and he's like, "Oh, yeah. do you think the voices were too much?" And he turns around and goes, "Let's go." He goes, "Nope, it was perfect." <laughs> so many Easter eggs. Now the family thing, I think. Um... Yeah, that was it was interesting, but I also have to remember culture wise, there's a lot of yeah. families that live together uh, for a while, a lot longer than we would probably expect. So it's I don't think it's that much of a of a um, stretch to think that he could still be living at home. Yeah, but yeah. Like my wife commented on that scene. She leaned over to me. My wife, she's. Her family's from Northern Italy, and she's Italian. And she leaned over to me. She said, "They must have actually done like research for this." I go, "Why?" She goes, "Like <laughs> I am watching my uncles. That is exactly how growing up, sitting at the table, they would eat with a salt shaker, shaking it on the spaghetti before they ate it, and everything like that." She said, "This is unreal. They must have really done their research." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and I mean, it makes sense, you know. Like if they're, you know, their parents are first generation. You know, coming over, you know, they 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 live in tight knit communities, and mm-hmm. you know, for you know, for me and and my family, like, um, yeah, we we're still close now, but even growing up, you know, I our my parents didn't have the the expectation of us necessarily moving out right when we turned eighteen, and I mean, part of it was, you know, my parents. You know, health-wise, they needed some help around the house more than I think maybe some other people. But I think culture, because like my mom is first, uh, you know, she was born in the Philippines, and uh, you know, me and my brother are, you know, second generation born. Um, yeah, the the expectation culturally is different, and it was cool to see kind of that um, that celebrated, right? And I think it really served to drive the point home of how close Mario and Luigi are to their family and how much they mean to each other. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I'm glad you guys picked up on that. You know, maybe Nintendo, they hired like an Italian culture specialist. You spent the big bucks. Um, One of the complaints from the Now Playing podcast is that you couldn't pick out Mm -hmm. any of those family members or even remember them after the the movie faded because, you know, they're just, they're just like two dimensional. They're there just to say they're one line and then. Mario sulks off, and we we don't see them again. Did you did you guys feel like that? Like they were like a one trick pony? Yeah, I'll uh, mm. yeah. In the sense of the movie, yes, but the family actually had one of probably my two favorite Easter eggs in the entire movie. And uh, Eston will pick up on this being a huge Zelda fan like myself. Uh, Mario's dad and his uncle were kind of reminiscent of Ingo and Talon from. Uh, ocarina of time looked identical oh yeah oh yeah so that's kind of how they stuck out to me but uh in regards to kind of their role in the movies um other than in the beginning kind of talking down on like their plumbing business and how they weren't going to make it and then at the end being actually proud of both of his sons that was kind of the only role i really saw them playing well and charles martinet also did mario's dad's voice so that was pretty cool that's why that part was uh-huh. Yes, that was nice to hear. So it wasn't just the character he did in the Punch Out uh, restaurant, but also his dad. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't view it as a huge deal. <laughs> you know, like, do I remember it each and every single one of the toads? No. <laughs> do I do I remember each and every single one of the? You know. Oh come on, they're monkeys? adorable. <laughs> oh, they're, they're 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 wonderful. Loved them. Do I remember each and every single one? No. <laughs> Although a big revelation was that they're all. I mean, I knew that toad obviously derived from toadstool, but I liked that all the toads were like mushroom names. That was funny. Um, oh, I didn't catch I it. Yeah, like uh, when they're walking through, Toad is like, "Hi, Chantrell," and like he's talking to like <laughs> he's calling them all like different mushroom names. I was like, "Okay, that's cool." Yeah, I didn't either. I was looking for Easter eggs and all that. Was like, "Oh, it works." You just have to blow into the cartridge. Oh, like, that oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> that was my other favorite. Yep. Yeah. That one, uh, and then when he first gets to the castle, yeah, and he's yeah. like, "Sorry, uh, yeah, your princess is in another castle." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. That one. was a little Classic. too on the nose. <laughs> oh no, that was that was perfect. That was yeah, you had you had to plug that. So here's the thing: mm. this movie thrives yes. on the soil of nostalgia. Mm. Um, when it makes a sequel, what's going to be left? I mean, they have to do a, a few Super Smash Brothers references, maybe a Mario Party where they like they divorce each other over Mario Party <laughs> uh, or something. All right, I, Mike, I come like on now. Like you you, are, you already you already talked about it. They were missing the missing something very important that everybody was looking forward to, and oh, yeah. when they touched on it, mansion. yes. So there's a there's potential there for Luigi's Mansion, and that could be the big Charlie Day version yes. of Super Mario Two. You know, so yeah. and there's still some play on even that for us. You know, in in the world of Mario, where it's like. Super Mario 2 in the U.S. versus Super Mario 2 in the, in Japan. You know, they could have fun with that a little bit for the nostalgia people. Yeah, like we but, can throw these plants. We don't have to eat them. Oh, and there could be, I don't it's possible, again, it could be this movie or a third movie where Bowser teams up with Mario and Luigi for some reason. You know, because we still got Wario and Waluigi to go. So who knows? Absolutely. Yeah, and we're going to see the others because if you notice when he's playing, I picked up on it immediately when he was playing on his piano, Ludwig. I'm like, okay, you know, we got we got the Koopas. They're coming around. And the Ludwig's here because there's his piano. So I'm wondering, that, like, yeah, at some point we're going to see, you know, Bowser Jr. come along and stuff yes, like that. Yes, Bowser Jr., exactly. Yeah, we're going to see like Iggy and all the, other, all the other gang, Wendy and all that gang, the whole entire gang. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so we still got those to kind of bring into the fold. So. Like, I know Luigi, going back to the Luigi thing, I know he's the squeamish type. Like, that is well established in this movie. I always thought it would be cool if they got into, like, a rivalry where Luigi's like, why is it always the Mario brothers? Like, why are you top billing Mario? You know, it's their I mean, last name. Yeah. <laughs> is it his, is Mario's last name? What? Am I missing something? Yeah, in the uh, the Mario the the live action thing, they show his license and his full name is Mario Mario. Oh my gosh, is that canon? Tell me now. Yeah. Ugh. Am I crazy? I I swear Mario that Mario Mar- Luigi Mario. Yep. Yeah, Mario is their last name. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's why they're the Mario Brothers. Oh well, that shut me up. <laughs> no, sorry. I thought that was like a common. That was like an internet thing. 
oh, I thought that was a joke. You know, Mario, Mario, ha ha ha, get it? Because you know he doesn't have a last name, but I, apparently it's true. Uh, now we did he, get new lore with Peach. I think that's the first time we ever gotten any kind of lore on Peach, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, how she came. Yeah, yeah that that's new. She yeah. wandered through a dimensional portal, and then the Toads were like, "Yeah, one day this person's going to rule us. Let's raise her so she can rule us." And she never really said she came from Brooklyn or New York or Earth. She just said, I just arrived here through it. Yes, that's another thing we got to keep in mind for future movies is that she mentions that there's all kinds of galaxies out there. Yeah, so we don't know where she came from. A Mario galaxy, perhaps? And that's the other thing, too. We still got Rosalina possibly coming because we already had uh, the blue star there. I forget what what it's called. but Lumily. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that oh. all kinds of directions this can go. Absolutely. Huge was, fan base on this. Was, so I'm mm-hmm. mistaken when I saw the the reporter when you know the the streets are filled with water. Was that Paulina? Yep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The start of the movie on the ticker on the TV, and the very start of it, you can see like on that ticker on the bottom news report, it said Paulina, mayor of such and such, is talking about, and I'm like, aha. Good. Yeah, I think the the possibilities are kind of endless because there's there's even though it seems like they packed just about every character and every Easter egg they could into this one, there's still characters left out there and just possibilities. So it'll be interesting to see where they take it. Again, it's so many generations of me and Mario, you know, iterations of Mario that we're going to see. Like it touched a lot on the first generation of Mario, the first iteration of mario right so a lot of nostalgia there for all of us who saw mario come to be in the 80s so but we still got late 80s early 90s with the you know super mario 3 even though they use some of that and then super mario world a little bit of that with the capes but you know it's there's still so much after that with the you know we got the galaxies like i said rosalina is a possibility coming in there You've got all of the RPG games. We got a uh, sword, a giant sword <laughs> from <laughs> the Square Enix days. So oh, yeah. there's there's Square possibilities Enix. for where Mario is going to go, and it ha- it's going to touch on every generation who grew up with Mario in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Now that begs the question: Do you think lightning's going to strike twice? They make another movie filled with nostalgia and references. Do you think we're going to catch on to it? Are we going to say been there, done that, and it's not? It's going to hit like Sonic the Hedgehog two. Like, it's it's not a novelty anymore. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think that they I think they got a lot of the nostalgia out of the way, and I think if they rely on it too much for the second one, I think it might fall a little flat. I think they do need to they need to beef it up a little bit. I think they got to get uh, a more robust plot in there, but. Um, yeah, I, I think just the, the, the sheer amount of talent that they have in terms of the voice acting and the, the writing room and the directors, I, yeah, I can't help but see the second iteration of this being at least a box office success, um, if not building off the popularity, but if they want to, you know, really build something serious, yeah, I think they gotta, I think they gotta take more risks with the plot beyond just relying on, um, you know, nostalgia. 
Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think on the second one, yeah, they can't really what work for the first one won't necessarily work for the second one. They can really can't lean into the nostalgia too hard. They can have a little bit peppered in, but yeah, they really, they gotta. Yeah, I agree yeah. wholeheartedly. They they I really think. gotta. Yeah, they got Easter eggs for sure. Meat on the bone. They got more meat on the bone on the second one for story. Mm-hmm. Well, and all the connections and you know the kind of Nintendo cinematic universe they've all introduced. You know, there's a possibility for a Donkey Kong movie or. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Any of the others as well. And there's all this little Mac stuff everywhere in that cafe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they were really excited about that. Up there, I'm like, they were pushing that little Mac. And like, I know it's like what it was actually the place was named after him, I think, or something like that. Yeah. So, I would, we're going to see yeah. little Mac. <laughs> I would absolutely love an animated little Mac. Mike Tyson. Out, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> movie um, in the style of Rocky. Yeah. I would watch that. <laughs> I would pay top dollar, yes, to see the movie, but also to see the outtakes of them trying to explain to Mike Tyson how voice capture works. Yeah. <laughs> and him just yeah. being real confused. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if, if he's in the movie, maybe not top dollar, maybe. <laughs> he's got to be, right? Like, he has to be in the movie. Oh, no, he's been super banned after all that familiar girlfriend abuse that's a whole other story but they've they've erased him like they've erased the 1993 movie Ah. yeah it's not mike tyson's punch out anymore it's mr dreams punch out yeah yeah oh man yeah so speaking of Mm. mr dream seth rogan as uh donkey kong um, he was one of the, he was a shining character in my book, and I mm. I kind of thought he would make a great like villain. I kind of wish they made a story around him because he's technically in some canon Mario's first villain. Um, if nope. you don't get the whole jump man nope. nope thing. Uh-oh. Nope. Nope. In the center. Uh-oh. Nope. DK uh-huh. is not as not the original villain. Nope. No. Oh. No. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's grumpy, right? Cranky. Cranky, Kong, Cranky Kong. Cranky. So, you know, uh, I mean, there's there's like family history there. So I would... <laughs> they really have out for these Marios. Yeah. Well, there's even speculation uh, because I asked the same question. I was like, well, what about Mario? You know, but, you know, how can he live for that long? And, you know, but I guess there's uh, lore, potential lore, I'll say, not official lore that... Jump Man was actually because he was a carpenter, was Mario's dad. Interesting. Um, which explains why that guy, Martin, plays his dad. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So yeah. it's not, I don't know how official that is, but and I don't, unfortunately, I don't have the super, the Mario book handy to grab and check. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know if it's in there. <laughs> I, I like that headcanon though. Yeah, yeah right. it is. I mean, that definitely causes everyone to pause and take a drink of their coffee. Yeah. Well, <laughs> apparently there's a whole manga behind Super Mario Brothers, and there's a lot of weird crap in there. Like, did you know that mushrooms grow from dead Mario carcasses? That's no. manga canon <laughs> right there. What? Wow. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about uh, a different show? I think we're talking about a different show. Mushrooms uh, and stuff. No. Check <laughs> check out the Mario manga. There's some there's articles written about the crazy stuff. 
All right. Mike, you sound like every youth group leader in the 90s that's telling me not to watch Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> because Pokemon are trying to steal my soul. No, I actually <laughs> want you to read this, Adam. Okay, okay. I want you to be indoctrinated by the manga. You know, I'll take Mario again. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. I'm excited. Yeah, I think there's a cracked article about all the weird stuff we didn't know about Mario. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, going back to the movie, uh, <laughs> critics, critics, um, you probably think they're old curmudgeons who are like, you know, this isn't a Martin Scorsese, you know, hit, <laughs> you know, this is some child drivel, you know, do you think that the, do you think the critics are all wrong? You know, they gave, they gave this like a 40 to 50 and all the major Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic websites. Do you think they're just wrong? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yes. Next <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just kind of joked and said I think they uh they went and they played a Mario game for about maybe like an hour or two just so they feel like they have some kind of working knowledge of what a Mario game is, and then they watch the movie and then they do what they do best, criticize. Right. Um. No, I mean I. Um. I don't. This is hard because I, I think that. So much has been made of, like, scoring and, like, points and all these things, grading. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with being like, yeah, like, I I acknowledge that this probably, you know, this isn't, you know, Citizen Kane. This isn't 12 Angry Men. But that doesn't mean that it's not fun. And that doesn't mean that it's not good. And it's okay that a movie is a 7 out of 10 and is still a good movie. Like, I don't, I don't see what the, uh, the problem is. And right. I think the, the critics, I think if you're going to grade on a rubric, sure. Like the dialogue, you know, wasn't, you know, Silver Linings playbook, but it wasn't trying to be. It right. Was, right. Like it's, it's just fun. It's just good, good nature, popcorn flick, like look at the visuals and, you know, the, the plot, if, you know, I, you know, the plot was just as complicated as Avatar 2, and people didn't give Avatar 2 <laughs> slack for that, and Avatar 2 was awful, like, I, I don't know, <laughs> like, I don't, I, I just don't get it, and. Here's a follow-up question. Do you think, um, you know, Nintendo is probably going to be encouraged to make their other IPs into movies? Do you think mm-hmm. Samus or Legend of Zelda could get away with a story this simple? No. No? No. N- no, but I think that they're fundamentally different games. Exactly. Right? Like, like, like Legend of Zelda is inherently like a story-driven game. Samus, you know, Metroid, they're all story-driven <laughs> games. Um, yeah, they can't. They Obviously, they would know. Well, I shouldn't say obviously, but I would think they would. No, they can't follow the same formula they did for Mario as they would for these. It's like Mario, just like they do with the games. It's like, okay, these are the things, these are the components that make a Mario game a Mario game. These are the mm-hmm. components that make a Legend of Zelda game a Legend of Zelda game. Same with Metroid, same with Kid Icarus. You know, all of their IPs, they have formulas for what makes it a that brand or that IP. And the same can be said for when they start going down the movie path or that they've already started down. These are the Mario game, Mario movies. 
this is going to follow these type of this type of formula and that's in this type of audience then they'll look at it for zelda and metroid they'll have different plans for different ips okay yeah yeah no i i I, you know i totally totally agree and i at the and at the core of it the mario games are absurd in and of themselves like Super Mario Sunshine is literally them on vacation on an island where a dude with a paintbrush thinks that Peach is his mom even though he's a lizard. Like, <laughs> it's absurd. It's supposed to be absurd. Uh, spoilers. Uh, that's the sequel. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I don't have a, uh, you know, I don't have a, a problem with it, and I, and I don't think that they would try to. I, I mean, I think that they would still keep it to a um like a family friendly orientation but i don't think that they would go as absurd like i don't think they'll be making mustache ripping jokes in metroid <laughs> <laughs> unless some... it's samus getting ready to rip someone's yeah, mustache off. Exactly. Mustache right off. yeah right maybe some brain eating but you know <laughs> samus always means business you know, right, exactly. Metroid is going to be more lethal weapon. Yeah. Than anything else. <laughs> uh, lethal weapon meets like a uh, predator somehow. Yeah. Yeah. There you oh, go. Man, I'm salivating over that movie. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, what I'm hearing is you guys, um, you think that the, the scoring system, and I've heard this before, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, it, it's a system that's corrupt. Not because people are evil, just because it's a just bad math, and you know mm. the same with the Metacritic. And you guys kind of are in the, on board. You're saying, "Calm down, guys. It's just a fun kids and family movie." It's just go go see it to have fun and have a good time with your family and sit there and enjoy. You know, yes, it'll hit home more if you had some experience with the Mario games, uh, but it's still. We didn't have, even if you didn't have it, it'd still be on par with the the other Illumination games, uh, movies, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. To where it's like, okay, you go watch the Gru movie. You never, you know, you saw it for the first time. You never seen it before. You never seen anything like it before. It still was a good movie. Same could be said for the Mario. I'm pretty sure whether you played a game or not, you still know who Mario is. Right. So you're still going if you're going to go watch it you're probably going to go watch it because of some sort of familiarity with it but again it's about family fun popcorn movie like adam was saying so mm. you know i'm fun and it's it's very nintendo it didn't take any exactly. chances or try to you know do something new as far as plot or anything like that so i don't know if that's something the critics had issues with but i mean it's very nintendo and it's you know like tim's saying it's a, just a good fun movie. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest deal is uh, with everybody understanding what you do with uh, critic reviews or or the scores on different sites, whether it be movies, games, or whatever. Just it's it's just basically a basis for understanding. You know, if you're on the fence about going to watch it, then you go to those type of things to see. You know, what's what's the overall majority saying on it. But uh, if you, I think everybody's are, as you can see, probably everybody didn't care what anybody was saying. They were going to see it. They were going to see it. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. 
I think even if you go to look at things like critic reviews to determine whether it's something you want to go see, a lot of critics establish, just like people do with games, you tend to gravitate towards people who are play games like you do or into games like the same games you are. So you gravitate towards that and then listen, you, you respect their reviews a little bit more. Same will go with the movie stuff. If you like liked Roger and Ebert's stuff, you know, and you like Roger's more than Ebert's, you know, then you gravitated towards their opinions than you would the other person's or anybody else for that matter who gave opinions. Right. You gravitate towards it and then you, you know, respect that opinion more. Yeah. I will yeah. say that, um, you know, I listen to the now playing podcast. I really respect those guys. And their biggest thing is that there's not enough meat on the Mario Brothers bone mm. for us to care about his mission or to care about his his motivation. Mm. And he they actually speculate that the writers had like this beautiful story written out that you know made you care, that made you emotionally uh connected. But then Nintendo, they looked at that script and they kind of uh they gate kept it to make sure that uh, that we get the script that we have now because they didn't want any any extra story ruining their IP. Um, I don't know if those rumors are true. They always go to the fact that the it's not the writer's fault. The writers are doing what they do best. It's always the studio's fault. Um, yeah, I mean, I, a couple thoughts. I... Um, just to, to to end cap the the previous question about the critics, I think we're I think we're finally seeing um, a point where the moving going public isn't um, necessarily swayed by critic voices as much anymore, and right. people are, are are finally going back to seeing movies um, just to see movies, and I think that that's going to have you know a, a rising tide lifts all ships. So I think studios are going to be more likely to take risks on things if they know that they can take a risk on an IP that'll still make money, but it might not be as critically well received. Um, but also at the same time, um, I don't necessarily blame the critics for giving the Mario movie a low score. I think that they're 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 doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? They're they're critics, and you know, you look at the movies that win Oscars, right? They're not, you know, it's. Stop finding Nemo that wins Best Picture, right? Yeah. Um, right. Uh, and I think it has to do with this perception of people that are quote unquote like academics or professional critiquers and what they view as art and what they don't view as art. And unfortunately, video games are still there. And I, I think they're making strides to overcome that, but I don't think video games have quite reached that point where they're viewed as art as much as they are, you know, just pop culture, you know, pop, whatever. Um, and mm-hmm. they're not, they're not viewed as seriously and therefore um, the reviews aren't as serious. Um, but I think to answer um, your question now, um, yeah, I don't, I, I think that Nintendo a hundred percent was just involved with a lot of stuff. Like yeah. Nintendo just is, they're very possessive. That's their, mm-hmm. their, that's their, you know, that's who they are as a brand. They're very protective of their IP. So do I think that they said no to a lot of stuff? Absolutely. Do I think it was <laughs> that, do I think it was that bad? 
no, but I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I think like the story, the amount of volume they had on the story. I mean, I think it was appropriate for the movie they were trying to make. Mm. And, uh, you know, I sprinkle a little bit of uh, Mario uh, Odyssey in there with the whole marriage thing. And so, I mean, you know, I mean, definitely I didn't think I was going to get some, you know, biopic type movie that's going to be moving of a storyline and, you know, of like something that I'm going to walk out of and be like, God, that was deep, thought-provoking material. Um, so, I mean, definitely, you know, we've mentioned it multiple times already in this podcast about, you know, it's a good popcorn flick. And what I expect out of a good popcorn flick is something that's very entertaining. You know, visuals can be there if they're going to be there, that they were there. It's a very beautiful movie. Um, but as far as like, you know, if, if critics say, yeah, there's not much meat on the bone as far as storyline and stuff like that. I mean, I did, you know, I have to say, well, you know, I went into it knowing there wasn't going to be much meat on the bone. I didn't go into it thinking it was going to be that. So I feel like, you know, that's kind of like if the critics say that. I feel like, eh, that's kind of like, okay, let's start picking low hanging fruit as far as our opening number. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you bring, you guys bring up a great, uh, you know, a thing about how that the oh you know these metacritics these rotten tomatoes these imdb scores are not swaying sales which really makes me hope that the uh that the industry changes because um as as has been said before there's definitely something wrong with the scoring um or maybe it's just hearing some guys opinions and just like they're just arbitrary numbers who knows um, I mean, I, me, I've I've watched movies before that have, I felt, have been made to win them the Oscar. And mm-hmm. they lean so far into the the art side of it and out of the entertainment side of it that I have literally turned the movie off because I'm like, this movie is just too weird. It is way too artsy. And um, I'm just having a hard time getting into it. It is just, you know. And I just and if you've done that, you know you're not getting an Oscar because Solo something turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just take his recommendations. Any uh, according to Mike, all I watch is French noir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so but, far behind uh, in that. It's got to pass the Eston test before it makes it to the Oscar nominations. No, we already talked about this on our show previously. It has to pass the test. When you walk out, did you say, I just saw Jesus and my potato chips? That's oh, yeah, that's right. right. Yes. Oh, that's deep, right. Jesus deep and my potato chips. Deep yeah. callback. Yeah. Well, so my final question. Mm. Um, so imagine you're Pixar, right? And mm-hmm. it's your job to spend millions a year making a movie that is relevant, inclusive of... Um, it breaks rules on genders. It includes ethnicities, and <laughs> and you have like these billion dollar computers to make the most beautiful art that's ever been seen. And then Illumination comes out. The people who make fart jokes with minions, <laughs> and they just make this Mario movie, and it blows it away. How do you think they feel? Fine. Fine. Yeah. The two, uh, two different things. They they make two different kinds of movies, just like you said. Illumination leans more towards the, you know, middle school humor, probably. Yeah. Uh, where Pixar, even though it is also family based, mm-hmm. I think still 
is leans more towards the potential Oscar side of it, mm-hmm. you know, cause they have a meaning behind it. There's this, you know, there's something, maybe that's what the critics were looking for. You know, that Pixar meaty meaning something mm-hmm. level of, of a cartoon where it wasn't there. And that, that I, you know, why were you looking for that in the first place? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so, but yeah, uh, no, I don't think Pixar has, is sitting there shaking in their boots at all. I think, or any, or worried at all. It's just like, they'll just keep making the same type of movies they make all the time. And I'll still love them and cry and cry and smile every time I watch them. So, you know, <laughs> it's different, different movies. So, so you don't think that they're, they're running over to Bonk's adventure and saying quick, we didn't. We need a ninety-page script. Get Chris Pratt on the line. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Not in no. my opinion. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah I don't. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I I was just gonna say, like, I I agree. I think Pixar Pixar does what it does. Like it's it's not in the interest of making fart jokes <laughs> to the business of, you know, the concept of emotions controlling you or whatever, um, which is fine. It's great. It, it's worked incredibly well for them. Um, but I think Pixar isn't the ones that need to be worried. I think it's Disney animations that has to be worried um, yeah. just because their, their last couple of things that they've released, like Buzz Lightyear, for example, um, I think just, didn't stack up to where they they wanted it to be, and I think it it's shown in the way that Disney is moving forward with some of its um what it's making. Like they're they're not doing a they're doing a live action Moana movie instead of a second Moana movie. Um, and I I don't know. I I think that Disney just has to take a a hard look at itself, especially with all of these animation movies that are coming out that are really good that don't have the Disney name on them, like. The Puss in Boots movie that just came out, which was incredible. Um, you know, this one. And then, uh, what is uh, what is that movie? It got nominated for an Academy Award this year. It was like a, I think it was a Netflix. A Netflix movie. It was, oh, uh, yes, Pinocchio, wasn't it? Pinocchio? Yeah, no, not that one. But yes, that was good too. But mm-hmm. um, there was another one. It was like a, it was about sea creatures. Oh, uh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Something. It's like sea monsters or something. Um, the sea beast. That's what it was. Um, but yeah, I know. I, I think Disney. I think Disney isn't the uh, the the only game in town anymore. And I think the rest of the companies are starting to catch up a little bit. Yeah, uh, you know, we've always been told that Pixar, Disney, and Apple are the holy trinity of animation. Um, but we're seeing other gods come forth and shake their throne. Um, and I think Netflix, net, like like what you said, Netflix has been putting out a lot of animation, um, both from the Japanese realm and the Love North American. Robots. Yeah, like, and I think that's definitely worth checking out. Uh, so this is an illumination. Um, production are you guys going to get a month of peacock premium when this comes to peacock premium the super mario brothers movie 
Well, you can also purchase it, you know, in the special edition <laughs> boxes too. So it's true. It's, I don't know. <laughs> I was excited. It's probably going to my Amazon Prime library. <laughs> yeah. I already have Xfinity, and with Xfinity, they already, they already give you an automatic subscription to uh, the Peacock. So yeah. In fact, Xfinity went even further. If you went in and just used uh, your reward points, which is nearly they gave you two actually for free, if I remember right, you can actually get a a, a Marvel Mari combining words here uh <laughs> mario movie uh you know uh, merch pack and you it came with like a patch of sour patch kid gummy uh, sour patch gummies um you got a bag of popcorn you got a little like a, a popcorn holder um cardboard holder with like mario and luigi on it and then you got a um i think it was, like, yeah, it was an 18 by 24 uh international uh print of the mario poster movie poster See, they ran out of that in the theaters. Like, and I saw the kid in front of me in the row. He had it, and I'm like, I could take him. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to be young, dude. Yeah. Hard knock life. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're gonna end with each one of us gives a one sentence review of this movie. Guys, I know after all we said, keep your swearing to a minimum. Ah. <laughs> um Aston, you go first. Everything I do one sentence? Yeah. Yes. The hardest challenge you'll ever get. Oh, but you didn't say it could be a run on sentence. It it can mm. be. No, okay, <laughs> very good. Commas and semicolons. There you go. If ants <laughs> butts, these and those. <laughs> and therefores. No, I would say great movie. Enjoyed it. Take your family, go see it. Uh, it's not going to have, you know, the, it's not going to be a deep, deep, deep story, but it will be deep on entertainment, uh, deep on visuals. And if you've ever played any Nintendo game ever in your life or have been around any Nintendo game in your life, then you definitely know this is going to be a fun ride that you're going to get to enjoy. And the actors definitely sell the characters on the live action screen. So you're going to walk out saying that was a really, really good movie. There you All go. right. Period. Perfect. Period. I tried to do it in one sentence. That's what you asked me to do, sir. Yes. K-I-S-S. All right, Adam, you're next. Um uh solid family fun, uh incredible soundtrack, incredible visuals. Um you'll laugh, you'll cry, and uh yeah, see it with your family and um don't think about it too much. Just enjoy it. Mm. All right, Jesse. Uh, I'm going to kind of echo Adam a little bit. Uh, great movie. Again, like he said, nailed the soundtrack. Um, family movie for Nintendo and non-Nintendo fans alike. The nostalgia's there. The, uh, the, the fun movie for the kids and non-Nintendo fans is there. Um, and I think it'd be a good intro for any non-Nintendo fan to, uh, to get into it. Hmm. All right, Tim. I don't know what more I could say different from these gentlemen, but uh, the thing I would say is, is don't listen to the critics. Don't listen to us. I mean, <laughs> you shouldn't have been listening to us anyways, because we spoiled everything. But <laughs> go see the movie for yourself if you haven't already. If you have, go see it again and again and again, because it's that darn good. Man, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> that's that darn good. 
Me, I'm going to be the downer voice. I'm so sorry. You can tell me to stick this in my war pipe. Stick it in your war pipe. Yes. And that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Ah, yes. yeah. <laughs> that's a wrap. And unfortunately, we ran out of time for Mike's opinion. And yes. Tune in next week where he may say something. Censorship. All right. This is this review is brought to you by RottenTomatoes.com. No. Um, I'm going to say this movie was 90% a great and beautiful museum dedicated to Nintendo. And then 10% is on the story, which you guys kind of already said. Um, with that in mind, I don't think there's enough to draw me to see it again, and I might only use it in the future to get my child to shut up, because, you know, I think he would really like it. So I did think it, <laughs> there's nothing about this movie I hated. Uh, it was just, you know, it was good, clean, fun, and I, I can definitely see the appeal. I just don't think it 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 would get me to watch it again. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. You're you're not the only one. Yeah, you're not the only one that viewed it that way as well. And I think that's where potentially two may. Obviously, it's going to be split down the middle. You're 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 either when the second one comes out, you're either going to hate it or love it. But I think that's where a lot more people are going to love it. That maybe didn't you know, we're like, yeah, this one's okay. I'm going to love the second one, and you guys are going to say it wasn't as good as the first one. (laughs) It wasn't as good as the first one, but it was it was okay. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I I really do hope that they go a more creative route for the second one. I don't think they could repeat this one. Um, A different Mario Kart track. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, they gotta they gotta go to Baby Park or something. Well, a lot of people have been. I've heard a lot of people say they want like now a Mario Kart movie, and they're talking, about, "Oh, you, we can do it. You know, you can do the plot. You can sell it, and just a straight up just be all about Mario Kart." It's too Mario fast. Kart, but it's yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. Fast and the Furious, <laughs> Fast and the Furious, or Days of Thunder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or a uh, Ford yeah. versus Ferrari. Oh yeah. 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 What, what are that Will, Will Ferrell one? What about Will? Ferrell? Talladega Nights. Yes, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we got it. <laughs> Sweet baby Bowser. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, a Koopa in the car. <laughs> I want to see the Mario blindfolded driving on Rainbow <laughs> Island scene. As long as Mario pulls up to the start line, looks over and says, I got family. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the best. Yeah. Uh, he gets a king mushroom. I'm going fast. Oh my gosh! It writes itself. It writes itself. All the super kids could be those like foul mouth kids at the dinner table. (laughs) (laughs) It's good stuff. Uh, Well, anyways, I am proud to say this is is the best uh, podcast Mm. on the Mario movie. I'm sorry, guys. You're gonna have to take second place. We nailed it. Thank you guys for opening my eyes and giving your level best attempt to get me to appreciate the movie. And I would have no one else do it but you guys. <laughs> or have it help out whenever we can. Amen. Yeah. All right. So now where where are you guys sending me off to now? Now, you know, off what's my oh. what's my next mission? Well, you know, oh. we we didn't go into the whole lore that Tim Oh yeah, Tim's back. still waiting in line for Mandalorian three to come out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. He's in the season. He's waiting for the season finale. Yes. Uh, well, Tim, it's so good to have you back. Just hearing you talk is like, oh, man, why did we ever fire you? <laughs> oh man yeah oh, and it's wait what yeah, came it's... over there i think it was a keurig he wanted like a, that fancy new high-end keurig over there in the cafe that we have and we we're like no we can't <laughs> afford it and he really started showing his his rear end about it and we we're like oh yeah and he said yeah and then he like just threw everything off his desk and walked off and that was the you last just, of it <laughs> you didn't give me the dressing room i wanted so you know, yeah I'm, uh, yeah i'm out yeah, people know yeah tim can be a prima donna at times i'm like yikes <laughs> <laughs> I learned, yeah, really gonna gonna I learned it exactly. from Justin. Yes. He, I learned it from Justin. Yes. He's on a really podcast called Movie Code. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you, uh, folks at home, for joining us. Mm. Um, as you know, this was our deep dive. We'll probably go back to our regularly scheduled programming next, but who knows where we're going to go. You know, it's coming up. It's going to be May soon. We might be talking about Marvel. We might be talking about Disney, who knows? Summer movies. Woo. Yes. Woo. Yes. Anyways, I've been Mike. I'm Adam. I'm Eston. <laughs> I'm Jesse. I'm Timmy. Timmy. Thanks for joining us and peaches, peaches, peaches. Peaches, peaches.